Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. He's a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth, the world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. truth. <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening to the transparent truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. Intercom Studios in the Miracle Mile. Yeah. Maslin and Wilshire. I'm alone, but I got my man Greg Biggins on the phone. GB, what it do? You are never alone, man. Never <laughs> alone. Even when you're not, you're never alone. I'm trying to get something cool and creative to say. I just going to stick with you're never alone. No, it's, it's here. No, it's all good. GB, just be yourself. Cool and creative like is what you do. Yeah, man. It's good to talk to you, though. It's always good. Yeah, always, man. Always. We got a lot, a lot of recapping to do. Events, players, championships, teams. A lot of fun this weekend, man. But before we get to that, let's kind of run down what we have in store for the show today. So we have our recruiting news coming up. We've got our sleeper of the week. Uh, We've got our weekend recap of Elite 11 and the Orlando Scandrick Elite 7-on-7. Everything's elite these days, by the way. (laughs) We have our winner circle, one to watch. One to watch, something new that we're dropping here today. Uh, And then we're going to bring this baby to a close. But without further ado, Greg Biggins, the GOAT. The Transparent Truth Recruiting Report. Give us recruiting. So we had a handful of... New commitments this past week, Keith. The first one that went down, I'm not sure we talked about it on the show last week. We might have, but if not, we'll do it again. Braden Lebrock, yeah. Texas. Yes. Did we talk about him already? Yes, we did. That was, that was big for Texas. They're recruiting Arizona heavily, also in the top two for Jake Smith, who's going to decide, I think, in a month from now. It's uh, Texas and USC for Jake Lebrock, the tight end. Uh, a couple of guys that we thought were going to announce on Sunday were Sean Dollars, Jeremiah Cradell. That has now been moved. That will be this Saturday, I believe, or it might be on Sunday. I haven't heard yet. They moved it, though. Uh, Modern Day has their showcase on Thursday, and I think they kind of wanted a little bit more, little more buzz. And so I think the, the feeling is, you know, less guys uncommitted or coaches will come in and watch and evaluate other guys as well. So Sean, Dollars, Jeremiah Cornell, I still think both are, uh, are Oregon leads right now. How about we saw each other at the, uh, at the Orange Lou College showcase last week, Keith, and on my drive home, Hank Bachmeyer, yeah. or as you affectionately refer to him as Spank Bachmeyer, committed to Boise State. That was a that was a good one. You know, it was them and Cal 
He had SEC offers. He had Pac-12 offers. He had Big Ten offers. And I think the one thing people wondered about was then Boise State having to you know, be able to compete with those other bigger conferences. But Hank didn't care. He said, you know what? Boise State plays in more New Year's Day, more BCS bowl games than almost anybody. They get guys to the NFL as well as anybody. Why do I care what conference they're in? I've always said for me, you know, Boise State, right? BCS school, just not a BCS conference. So I actually like that a lot. I think he's going to fit in really well there. Chance to play right away. They have a senior quarterback uh, who's going to be graduating. And uh, he's got a chance to come in. He, you know, he said uh, if he does win the job, which obviously every quarterback wants to play the true freshman, his first game would be at Florida State. That's why I said, man, you know, Hank, maybe you ought to pull a Sam Darnold and wait till like week two or three. <laughs> and then go ahead and, and get in there. You don't want to hit those lumps against FSU. So what do you think about Hank at Boise State, Keith? I love the fit. I love the fit. Considering Hank is a guy, um, he's kind of built in that mold where he he's a big time leader and likes to carry a team and put the team on his shoulders. He's a guy that can really elevate Boise State. I'm not just talking about you know a, a non-power five school competing or playing against power five opponents. I'm talking about you know uh, a college football playoff national championship contenders. Hey, Bachmeyer is a winner. He makes winning plays in crucial and clutch moments. He's got a big time arm. He's got the ability to get out the pocket, scramble, and move the change with his legs. I love the fit uh, with, with with Coach Harson over there at Boise. Hank is going to have a terrific career. And you better look out for Boise down the road. Uh, with Bachmeyer at the helm, they're going to have legit uh, weapons on the outside. First name comes to mind is, is uh, the kid Bowens out of Redlands East Valley. Uh, they're gonna have uh, they're gonna have some 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 heat. They got some heat coming, man. They got athletes. They got a big time four star quarterback. I know they just got signed. They just got another commitment from a four star player. Boise State stepping up their recruiting efforts, pulling in big time prospects over other high profile schools. Look out for the Broncos. Look out for the Broncos. Hey, how about Patrick Herbert, tight end, uh, younger brother of Justin Herbert? He went ahead and committed to Oregon as well. Oregon is really deep. A uh, great job recruiting. Who thought this one was going to? Well, thought this one was going to happen? Patrick Herbert's a big time tight end, who I think is a little bit underrated by us right now. But Oregon, I'm curious. I think they want a second tight end. They're still uh, looking at Michael Martinez and Jude Wolf, so they want a second guy. But Patrick Herbert jumped on board. Jacob Conover from Chandler, Arizona. Uh, he committed over the weekend to BYU. Saw him at the uh, Las Vegas Elite Eleven camp on Saturday, and he told me he was going to go to BYU probably next week. So. Kind of having a nice little relaxing day at Mother's Day, and he goes ahead and commits it. So, uh, poor Belair had to scramble, put up a story real quick on Mother's Day. So, words to the guys out there in the future: if you're going to commit, don't do it on a on a holiday or a Mother's Day. Do it the <laughs> next day. Just show some consideration, crying out loud. Show some consideration, no doubt. And then, and then, um, USC landed a couple of players: Trey Davis. A little yep. bit of a sleeper kid from Federal Way, Washington, yeah. DB. Uh, not many people knew much about him. USC uh, fans are kind of curious, you know, what are we taking this three-star for? But you know what? He plays for FSP. Yep. He comes highly recommended by my guy Tracy Ford, Brandon Huffman, who actually lives in Washington, has also seen him and likes him. So I will take those two guys uh, over just about anybody. So Trey Davis going to the University of Southern California, and then Stanley Tafu from Grace Brethren, one of the few guys who actually stayed at Grace Brethren. Um, this guy's a monster. He's a 6'2", 245-pound linebacker. Yeah. I think when I start him up as an outside guy, I think he looks like he's an inside guy, but in their defense, uh, you know, their outside guys kind of are more like, they call it the predator position. It's what poor Augustus is currently playing. 
Uh, he can rush the pass. They're super strong. He's got a video of him benching like 415 pounds as a 17-year-old kid. He's incredibly strong. He's active. He's tough. And people just rave about what a leader he is. And, you know, I saw, we saw Johnny Nansen at the Orange Blue Showcase. He kind of smiled. He kind of smiled back. And he knew what the smile was for. He was really excited about this kid. They can't comment publicly on players. But uh, let's just say this USC staff has done a great job recruiting his linebackers the last couple of years. Obviously, he got uh, Gautiote and, and Solo uh, a couple of years ago, or last year. Um, Stanley Tafu this year. USC's doing well with commitments, Keith. What do you think about Stanley Tafu? Do you know much about him, and how do you think he fits at USC? Yeah, no, I, I do know a lot about him. I watched his tape last year and thought he was very impressive, extremely physical, extremely hard-hitting. You know, USC always has had a pipeline with Polynesian players, bringing in a ton of Polynesian linebackers. Interesting to see how all these guys are going to fit in that scheme. Tafua, to me, is not an outside guy. I think he's more of an inside guy. I don't know if he possesses the type of dynamic ability off the edge that USC may be looking for. But nonetheless, the guy can play. He can run fast and hit hard. I always like linebackers that have that type of skill set. And, uh, the, you know, the USC Trojans, this is Southern California. This is, you know, for all intents and purposes, GB, this is their territory to lose. Yep. And so uh, if they spot shadow a guy and they like him, they're going to go after him, and nine times out of ten, they're going to get him. That is true. That is true. Uh, so that is it as far as the new commitments, a bunch of new offers. We'll kind of stay with the USC theme. How about Keaton Slovis? Uh, this is a quarterback that I've seen a couple times. He first uh, was pretty impressive. They didn't even know who he was until the NorCal opening regional back in March. You know, we're looking at some other the big-name kids, and all of a sudden this guy kept stepping up and, and really spins the football well. Uh, decent arm, good pocket mobility. Looks like he knows what he's doing. Great feel. Then I uh, hear he's being coached by maybe the greatest quarterback who's ever lived. Kurt Warner. <laughs> okay, maybe not the greatest quarterback. No. But he's probably in the discussion. He's okay. probably at least in the top 300. Yeah, um, yeah, he's definitely in the top 300. He's a Hall of Famer. He plays for next year's Super Bowl champions. That'll be the L.A. Rams. Keenan Slow was offered by USC, so he's going to visit this weekend. Oregon State actually offered him over the weekend. Saw Keenan again at the uh, Las Vegas Elite Camp this past Saturday. And again, he looked good. Again, it was a pretty pretty big field, and he threw, he made some throws. And he just gets it. He's almost guy you can tell he's been coached up by a Hall of Famer because he gets it. He knows when to throw it. He understands time and anticipation. So. I'm pretty intrigued by Keaton Slovis, and he, he's a good fit for U.S. You know, they're not going to get a big, big-name guy. They got J.T. Daniels last year. It's hard to recruit a guy uh, behind him, uh, and I don't think Slovis cares about, you know, who's in front of him. I think he dislikes the school itself, USC, with a lot of the, you know, kind of the, you know, the, I don't want to say big-name guys kind of sliding Slovis. I would say the guys that maybe have more offers right now kind of view themselves as, I want to go somewhere and play right now. That's the mindset of so many kids. Taj Davis from Upland offered recently by Washington State and Utah. He's got almost the whole entire Pac-12 right now. And I think his uh, his stock is on the rise. Talking about uh, Upland High School, Zeron Manley. How about this? A Cal commit. He picked up an offer from Stanford. Mm. So obviously, you know, he's an academic kid. He's committed to Cal, but Stanford, watch out for the Cardinal here, Keith. They, that is a tough school to turn down if, if academics are your, you know, your, your focal point. Obviously, you don't ever sacrifice football. They go to Stanford. So Cal, he is committed there. He loves Cal. Uh, there's a reason why he chose them early. But uh, they're going to have a battle to keep uh, Ron Manley in the fold. Vanderbilt also offered Manley just today. Talk about blowing up. Talk about the 2020 quarterback class. We always seem to talk about Bryce Young and DJ. Will we under the lay? How about Jay Butterfield? 
How about these three new offers for Jay? How about Michigan, Tennessee, and Arizona State? Not a bad threesome right now. I think Jay Butterfield, a guy that we have in our top 100 right now in the 2020 class, tall, uh, kind of has a, a little bit of a Jared Goff type frame, and uh, not going to say he's going to go number one in the draft like Jared Goff, but I'll tell you what, man, I saw Jared quite a bit in high school as a sophomore and junior. I think Jay is better at that same stage. Goff obviously made a huge leap at Cal. Sure. But uh, we just had a discussion about Goff talking about quarterbacks and how many of them who are rated highly in high school don't get drafted uh, this past year. Uh, Goff made a big leap, and, and Jay Butterfield's a dude. How about, uh, it's always fun for me uh, as a fan of, of high school football to see a kid get his first offer. How about Nathan Priestley from Loyola High School of the Cubs? He picked up his first offer from Colorado State this week, Keith. So that's kind of cool for Nathan Priestley, Loyola High School, the Cubs. Oh, yeah. Joey Yellen, Mission Viejo High School, landed a couple offers, Oregon State and Colorado State. Drake London from Moore Park, the two-sport star, Purdue, Wisconsin, and Bandy. I uh, talk about a kid who's been blowing up lately, Oxnard, wide receiver, Jerron, J.R. Waters, picked up UNLV and San Jose State. A few more offers. He looked really good at the Vegas workout over the weekend. Uh, Josh Calvert. Uh, Oaks Christian linebacker, Michigan State. Man, this kid looks like a Michigan State kind of kid to me. Older brother Bo goes to UCLA. UCLA probably leads, but Josh is a tough, physical, Big Ten, scrappy kind of a guy. How about William Nemo from Modern Day High School? He landed Cal and Colorado State. I actually put in a crystal ball for Cal uh, for Nemo uh, about a month ago. He was taking an unofficial visit out there, and I thought he might get the offer and potentially might just pop right there on the trip, but he didn't get the offer until yesterday, which is actually Monday. So I think the Bears are in a pretty good spot for Mr. William Nemo, kind of a DB linebacker hybrid type player. John Humphreys, 2020 wide receiver, uh, younger brother of the great Ben Humphreys. He picked up an offer from Oregon State. Uh, another one of my favorite players is Tristan St. Clair. Oh, yeah. Uh, Northern California sensation. <laughs> I can tell you want to talk about Tristan St. Clair a little bit, don't you, Keith? You just you piped right in there. Go ahead. It Speak sounds like you need St. a break, Clair. GB, but I do. I do. <laughs> Got a chance to go back and refresh myself and get, get back to a feel of Tristan St. Clair. And one thing that stood out to me is his range as a defender, Greg. He gets sideline to sideline in a hurry. The guy's got a great stride. He's got turnover with his feet. He can get there quickly. And when he gets there, he's not a guy that's going to go jump on a back, grab a jerseys. He's hitting and running through ball carriers. I love a guy that can cover the field and attack the football and run through ball carriers when he gets there. Feels like a small train wreck. So Tristan St. Clair, a guy with size, with length and athleticism, also with a chip of physicality. You like that, GB? A chip of physicality. What do you think? Yeah, no, no doubt. And uh, obviously, Got some family ties to the Stanford Cardinals. Pops, Andy Sinclair, actually went to Edison High School in Huntington Beach. Uh, his dad was offensive lineman at Stanford. His mom went to Cal. So uh, Cal, Stanford, Notre Dame, probably the top three for him right now. But again, man, Stanford is a really tough school to beat out when you have a head-to-head battle. Even if you have a mom, a lot of times you always see the mom carries more weight in the family when it comes to, uh, comes to a lot of recruitment. I think Stanford is, you know... They are uh, they are really tough to beat out. How about a guy we talked a ton about? Remember Alonzo Hall? Yeah. Uh, big time defense, but he picked up an offer from UNLV. So we've, we've seen his stock uh, continue to rise. How about Giovanni DeLeon from Los Alamitos? A 2020 linebacker. Picked up Arizona State. I remember seeing this kid uh, at the passing down tournament. Uh, a good friend of ours, Terry Bullock, who we're trying to get on the show one of these days. 
kept pointing him out saying, dude, this guy is really good. He plays for the premium 2020 team. Keep dying. Giovanni's a stud. Didn't even start last year at Los Alamitos, but he's going to start this year. A uh, big, long, athletic kid who uh, I liked a lot that particular day. Haven't watched the film, but Giovanni to the own. ASU offer. That's number one for him, I believe. About uh, a 21, 2021 athlete out of Kennedy High School in Washington. Kind of a slot receiver. Uh, Jabez Tanay. Hope I'm saying his name right. Jabez Tanay. Uh, another FSP kid, Tracy Ford kid. First two offers last week, Oregon and Colorado. So not bad for a 2021 kid. A guy just just a freshman. It's crazy to me how fast forward and sped up recruiting is this day and age. Stephon Wright from Cathedral High School. He landed Oregon and TCU. Kendall Milton, one of the nation's elite 2020 running backs, if not the nation's best 2020 running back. He picked up an offer from Texas A&M. About Shane Illingworth, a 2020 quarterback from Norco, landed Arizona. About same with the 2020 class. About Trey Pastor from Buhawk Colony, an athlete, two-way guy, picked up his first offer from the University of Arizona. Jaden Daniels. Cajon picked up an offer from a school that we like to call Louisiana State University, a.k.a. LSU. <laughs> Jaden Daniels, Keith, I need another break. How about you jump in and talk about Jaden Daniels and what do you think about him? I mean, listen, one of the top dual threat guys in the country, Jaden Daniel has the projected size, arm strength, athletic talent, and mental makeup to be a big-time college player. Love Jaden's uh, ability uh, on the move, outside the pocket. Love him inside the pocket. I've seen growth this offseason in terms of his release, how quick, how much quicker it is, uh, how quick his decision-making is, and his ability to fit the ball into tight windows. I think that's important for quarterbacks, considering in, these, in this day and age in spread offenses, when you're going to get a lot of play fakes before you throw the ball down the middle of the field, you're going to get windows behind the linebackers, in between the safeties, behind the corners, in between the safety. And you got to be able to fit that ball in on a rope. Jaden has the arm strength and the accuracy and the anticipation to get that done on a consistent basis. I think whoever nabs him is going to get themselves a chance at a conference title very, very soon. Conference title. How about Ryan Holinsky uh, last weekend again at the Orange Lutheran Showcase? Great job by the Lanches, by the way. And I always kind of like to judge a showcase by how good the food is. Oh, yeah. My taco truck was on point. I was eating my tacos when, when Ryan kind of casually walked by. He goes, hey, I just got off by UCLA. I was like, dang, that's kind of a big deal. He goes, yeah, I just talked to Dana Bible. So UCLA with the offer for Ryan Helensky. I think Ohio State uh, also offered him. LSU also recently offered him. But he's pretty solid with South Carolina, and, and he, I think it's going to be tough to get Ryan Helensky to, to flip. I think there was a reason why he committed to South Carolina. He likes them. For a lot of reasons, I also think like the idea of going to the SEC and getting away from home and experiencing something new. One of my favorite linebackers, kind of all the things you said about Tristan St. Clair, Asa Turner from Carlsbad. Another oh, yeah. kind of a longer, a little longer athlete, but still uh, multi-positional. Um, actually has offers as a receiver, safety, and a linebacker, but he was offered by USC as a linebacker. But I love the way this guy plays. He's a every-down guy. He can cover, he can blitz, he can play in space, and he plays with that chip, what did you refer? How did you refer to that? A chip? What was your the term you just used to, to describe Sinclair? A, a, chip. A, a chip of physicality, a physicality a chip. chip. Yeah, Asa Turner has a uh, has that same uh, same kind of chip. How about Ethan Ray from Orange Blue? Oh, yeah. Got to see him kind of running around a little bit. That was good to see. Yeah. New offers from UCLA, the Ohio State University, T 
TCU and Michigan State. Not a bad week for Ethan Ray. Wow. A Cal Ford, or also at Orange Lutheran. How about TCU? How about the Ohio State? He also set up his first official visit to Colorado on June 22nd. You know, Colorado has kind of quietly had a, a pretty nice recruiting run. Oh, yeah. They are quietly doing some things in the uh, Southern California area. I already have a couple guys committed. KJ Trujillo uh, is committed, and so is Braden Huffman Dixon. Both those guys are pretty close with Kyle. They play the same 7 on 17. Micah Pittman received an offer from University of Texas. I think Florida and uh, probably Oregon and Nebraska are his top schools, but I know he's intrigued by Texas. That was a big offer for him, and he will take a visit out there. Washington? Washington is up there, too. Um, when I talked to him, he, he said he liked Washington a lot, but I, I, got, I sensed a little bit of why it take him so long. Yeah. I kind of He didn't say that, but I kind of just sensed it with my little sixth sense that I've developed over the years. I got you. So, uh, Texas is a school that really, uh, you know, they didn't know about him. Whereas, you know, I think players always get a little bit more upset, uh, upset when they're local schools or, you know, Pac-12 schools. They feel they should know better. So, um, I think Washington could get an unofficial trip, but I, I got the feeling that Texas was the, the offer he was a little bit more excited about. Uh, Clark Phillips, 2020 DB from La Habra High School. How about Florida? How about Iowa State? How about Nebraska? Yeah. Not bad for Clark Phillips. I know this guy you love. Oh, yeah. Daniel Nagata from Folsom, 2020 athlete, slot receiver, running back, corner. Guy does everything well. How about these offers? How about how good is Alabama and Washington? They just played in the playoff a couple of years ago. Yeah. Nagata 2020. Older brother Joe Nagata is one of our top receivers in the 2019 class. And then Ariel Nagata is a, a linebacker at University of Washington. So uh, that's the connection there. Uh, Jalen Cropper offered by Boise State. Elias Ricks, 2020 DB, offered by University of Alabama. I've heard they're pretty good at football. Jalen McMillan, a 2020 receiver. Love this kid out from the uh, in the Fresno area. University of Washington has offered him. How about Keanu Williams from Clovis, California, 2021? Yeah. Defensive and Keith. Yeah. 2021 offered by USC. Michael Martinez, Marley High School. Tight end. Big, strong. I love him. Three to four years from now as a future first-round pick as a left tackle. Guy has the same kind of size frame as Tyron Smith did. His coach told me that while we're sitting there watching about the passing down. Wow. Offered recently by, that's right, Pete Duffy said, dude, that guy looks like Tyron Smith. That's what Tyron looked like as a junior in high school, 6'5, 250, and athletic. USC and LSU have offered Michael Martinez, Bryce Farrell, 2020, Oaks Christian, Nebraska, Chris Rankins, Chaminade High School, underrated kid, Fresno State. Should have about 10 more offers just like that. How about a Mary Johnson from Diamond Ranch? Another guy, kind of a uh, guy that we kind of looked at physically and said this guy looks like a dude. Boise State, they seem to do a good job of recruiting guys like a Mary Johnson who don't seem to get a lot of looks, but they say, you know what? I see a dude. I'm going to develop, and the guy turns into said dude. Logan Loya, 2020 Orange Lutheran, offered by Colorado Keith. Two more. I got two more Keith. Go with it. You holding up? You no, okay? I'm good. Both these kids are 2020. How about DJ? Will we on LA? Offered by University of Washington and Jamar Sakona, Marine Catholic. I believe that's where Jerry Goff played. Yep. 2020 D lineman offered by kind of one of his dream schools, University of Southern California, USC. And that is going to, you're not going to even do any recent visits or upcoming commitments. 
I'm just going to shut it down right there, Keith. That's it for Recruiting Notes for the week. You know what, GB? I think you need your own recruiting show. Let's start working on that, man. I, I really do. I mean, there's so much content and information in terms of recruiting. And you're just talking about a, a, a small circumference of a place in terms of what you're covering right now. I mean, you, you didn't go into Arizona. You didn't really go into Washington, Oregon, so on and so forth, Pacific Northwest. You're just talking about really Southern California. There's just so much there. Uh, we know we got big time athletes. Schools are from all over coming to poach our players. But uh, yeah, man, rec- recruiting nuggets with GB. I think I like that. Okay, maybe we'll see. You know, we'll see. hey, listen, I want I want to bring up something with with Kyle Gene Ford. Spoke to Kyle last night, and he is our newly minted Pro Football Hall of Fame All American. So, congratulations right. to Kyle, yeah, Kyle Gene Ford. Ford over at Orange Lutheran High School. Is that his middle name, Gene? No, that's his nickname. What does Gene stand for? Or what's the what's the nickname? For like his cause Kyle's got great genes, like he's just, you know, super yoked and oh, like he's got the hair he's got the okay. hair. He's like an Adonis. I gotcha. I was I, I was I didn't I wasn't thinking it was G E N E. I yeah. thought you were thinking like Levi's G. Yeah, so no, like, no, no, yeah, I'm sorry. G E N E. Kyle Gene Ford. I gotcha. So congratulations to Kyle. Great, great young man. And I've got to know him over the past year. And I'm really excited about him coming to uh, Canton, Ohio at the Hall of Fame Academy. So congratulations to him. But for right now, GB, it's time for our Sleeper of the Week. It's time for our Sit and Sleep Sleeper of the Week. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. All right. Our sleeper this week, or excuse me, our sleeper of the week this week comes from San Clemente High School. I got a chance to visit San Clemente yesterday, which was a Monday. And I saw a kid in warmups who looked intriguing, about six foot three. Uh, moved swiftly, fluid, smooth, nice stride. Uh, when they threw him the ball, he had great hands. Uh, his catch radius was big. He's got great hand-eye coordination, great tracking of the ball. And uh, just a guy who was just a playmaker. I hear he's two days off of the baseball diamond. He's a 90-mile-per-hour pitcher, so I don't know if he'll ever touch a college football field. But let me tell you something. Jay Bags out of San Clemente High School. 2019 kind of hybrid tight end guy, more of an more of an extended tight end, a guy who lines up as a, as a third guy in the trip set or in a slot. But let me tell you, he's a route runner, he's a ball catcher, um, he's very active in blocking. 
Very physical on the perimeter. But, man, the kid's got big-time ball skills. He can make plays uh, away from his body. He can catch badly thrown balls. Just an athlete. And uh, considering he's only two days off the baseball diamond with no football training up until... You know, yesterday or or maybe you know last Friday when they had practice, Jay Bags is a big time player. Expect his offer list to go up, up and away very, very soon. This kid can make plays. He's natural. He's fluid. And he's a playmaker. I really like this game. So Jay Bags, San Clemente High School, 2019 sleeper of the week. All right, right now I want to pay a special tribute to a unbelievable football coach that I once knew. Head football coach Don Markham passed away yesterday or, or Monday, which, you know, this is dropping on a Wednesday. Don Markham uh, started L.A. Baptist, Colton High School, Bloomington High School, where they broke the national points record, 880 points in 14 games. Don Markham passed away. And I want to just give a special shout out to him and his wife um, and his family. Don Markham. Uh, was the mentor of my older brother, Jason Miller, who is now the head coach at Gunn High School up near Palo Alto. And uh, he was the biggest influence on my brother's career, taught him um, how to train athletes, taught him how to make adjustments, taught him the double wing offense where my brother and the Inglewood 2000 team, Inglewood 2000 team, broke the national rushing record, 7,309 yards in one season rushing by a football team. Uh, you know, sad to hear the passing of Coach Markham. Uh, my prayers and condolences to his wife and his family. And uh, I just know the influence that he had on my brother, which until had influence on me to get kids bigger, faster, stronger on a daily basis in the offseason. We took Coach Markham's program to another level, uh, but he definitely gave us the foundation to help us develop players, which we've developed multiple first round picks. Lawrence Jackson, Dayton Jones, and probably next Jabril Frazier, who's at Boise State and one of the top pass rushers in the country. So uh, just wanted to take the time out uh, to show some love to the Markham family. Thank you for all you did, for all the players that you coached, um, for all the lives that you uh, changed and positively affected. We appreciate you, Don Markham. Here's a salute to you, champ. GB? That's our second, our second Triton. It, it, is, it is. It is. It is. Sleep week. So, GB, before we get into our weekend recap, let's kind of recap the end of last week. We got a chance to go see Orange Lutheran in person. What'd you yeah. think? That was fun. Like I said, man, you want me to describe the, the, the players we saw or the, or the tacos that I ate? <laughs> I think there was chicken, there was carne asada, there yeah. was carnitas. Yeah. They had the little onions, they had the salsas that were, you know, different, you know, the green, the red. The, listen, the tacos were on point. There's no doubt about it. But let's talk a little bit about the players that we watched and what we saw from them as a squad. They look good. Skill-wise, I think you you got some, some you know, some monarchs and braves a little upset with uh, who has better skill talent than Orange Lou. But I don't know how you match up with Cal Ford, Logan Loya as your number two guy. You have yeah. two high-level BCS-level tight ends. You have a great quarterback. I don't know how they want to use JoJo Hawkins, but if they want to use him as a receiver, that's a 10 meter guy they can throw at the corner. Or, like I said, you want to stretch the field with JoJo Hawkins. You know, shoot, there he is. Um, that's not a bad collection of skill, talent. I don't see a weakness. Yeah, um, if they can get some, if they can protect Helensky and develop a pretty stout front seven, 
They're going to beat some teams for sure. Yeah, listen, getting a chance to watch those guys, they've got college-level athletes at the skill positions. Bo Helensky is about as good as you're going to get in high school football this year as a quarterback. Kyle Ford is, a, is an elite receiver, pushing five-star status. Um, you look at... You know, Logan Loya, the double move king, Raymond, as we affectionately like to call him, he can line up anywhere on the field and become a mismatch. Then you got JoJo Hawkins with his speed and explosiveness. Ethan Ray with his athletic ability as a six foot five tight end down the middle of the field and running arrow routes, catching the ball and breaking tackles. And don't forget about Elijah Mahara, an athletic, hybrid kind of tight end who can move around, is a kind of a chess piece. You can place anywhere on the field and he can become a physical blocker. He can be a jump ball guy on the perimeter. He can be an inline tight end and, and, and crash down on defensive ends. He's a very versatile kid. And listen, people are sleeping on Reggie Strong. Reggie Strong is an athlete. Linebacker, strong safety, running back, he can do it all. He's fast and physical, he's smart. And the guy is a big-time competitor, man. He never turns down a fade. He wants that action, and he wants it now. I, I love Orange Lutheran's skill. They've got big-time skill. And... uh Listen, I challenge anybody that says, you know, they got better skill than Orleans Lutheran. And, and, and I'd put those guys up against anybody in the country. They got a bunch of four star players and big time athletes. And uh, they looked really, really good. Offensive line wise, I think they're emerging. Really like Jake Casavela. We talked about him. He's our sleeper of the week not too long ago. Uh, they got a big freshman kid, six foot five, 305 pounds, who's just a baby. Uh, but in two years, he's going to be a monster. Uh, Jackson Cloyd, I think, is underrated and undervalued. 6'2, 220 pound linebacker. Uh, also plays, you know, some tight end. He's active, he's athletic, he's got his range, um, he's very, very physical, he can rush the passer, bend the edge, really reach with his upfield arm and make plays. You know, he doesn't get a lot of credit for what he can do, but, you know, Orange Lutheran, this is a veteran team, Greg, with athletic playmakers, battle-tested in the playoffs with an upset versus Chaminade in the first round. One play or two plays away from beating Mission Viejo to to qualify for the semifinals. Orange Lutheran, a veteran team, coming down the hatch. They're going to be a big-time problem, and I would not, would not be shocked or surprised if they knocked off one of those heavyweights this year. Yeah, no, it's going uh, to come down to line play, you know, like it did last year. And shoot, I was at the game against Bosco. I think that game was either tied or a one-position game late in the fourth quarter. Then all of a sudden, the floodgates opened up, and the pass rush got that one and he got the crap kicked out of him. So they can protect him. And, you know, they, they had some good-looking kids. Remember the J.D. Rice, the center? Yes. Uh, that kid was 6'3 and 290. Yes. He looked great. He wasn't sloppy. The guy was looked like he loved the weight room. So they had two or three guys. They had some big Paulies, Polynesians. They can throw up there and mentioned Cloyd and there was a kid number 80 Ender Aguilar Ender Aguilar Simon. sure he's a tight end too yes I'm like dude how about you put some of these guys tight ends how about you pull bulk them up make them uh, either uh, I don't know the lineman or put them defense full time but that Aguilar kid was like 6'5 and yeah. 240 so they got some size yeah, I was definitely talking to a coach, one of the college coaches on the sideline and they were very intrigued with Aguilar I said this kid's a tackle uh, you know he's a six foot. You know minimum six foot five. He's bigger than Ethan Ray is, taller than Ethan Ray is. Oh yeah, minimum yeah. six foot five. Um, 
Is has some athleticism. Yeah, he's nimble. Has yeah. some athleticism. But I don't think he's going to be a tight end. I think he, his body will grow. Considering he's only a sophomore, he's going to grow into a tackle. But he, yeah, he, he definitely needs to bulk up and, and put his hand in the dirt and get after some people in that on that edge of that offensive line. But really like them, GB. Got a chance to go see Centennial. Got a chance to go see Centennial and Mission Viejo. First, let's start with Mission Viejo. Uh, really like this team. They're very, very well constructed If from a coaching standpoint. A veteran quarterback with veteran leadership and Joy Yellen, a guy who can distribute the football like a point guard, kind of calling signals. They've got some perimeter players in JoJo uh, Forrest um, that, you know, in all intents and purposes, can he fill the shoes of former five-star athlete, you know, the G-child? Can he fill those shoes? Uh, It's going to be interesting to see, but... They've got a physical, physical offensive line. They had a physical practice up front. They get after you. They've got a defensive end, Keneally. He's only a sophomore kid. He's very active. He's very long. He can rush the passer. They have athletic linebackers. Again, JoJo Forrest, he's going to have to be a guy in that defensive secondary that's going to be a shutdown corner. I think a lot of this, their success kind of, Elite success hinges on force. He's got to be a playmaker on offense. He's got to be a shutdown guy on defense, provide physical run support. But he's got the talent. The guy, he can run, he can hit, he can cover. You know, he's got to step up in the big moments this year uh, for Mission Viejo. But I like their team. They got some some running backs who are quick and strong. Uh, but again, I like them in the trenches. I, that they were physical, they were aggressive, they played with a mean streak. And I really like how they ran their practice. But speaking of practices, got a chance to go see Centennial, Greg. Well, well hold on, can I jump in on Mission Diego a little bit? Oh, sure, go ahead. I, I got to ask about a couple guys. You know, Keely Arnold was one of my favorite players last year. Yeah, natural free safety. They moved to running back, yeah. and also the guy who was hurt, Jamari Farrell, um, who was off to a huge start. How did those two guys look? Were they out there? Yeah, so Jamari Farrell was out there. Uh, Akili Arnold was not. Okay. Okay, Jamari Farrell looked good. Uh, Akili Arnold was in shorts and, you know, just kind of a shirt on the sidelines. He didn't participate. He track. Is it kind of, I wonder if it's because he's resting for track right now. I think Mission's got a really good track, 4 by one okay. that, he, that he runs. I'm, just, I'm assuming. I don't know. No, I, mean, I thought you'd have those answers for me, Coach Keith. Follow the fans. No, like, from okay, Akili Arnold looking. Yeah, let me jump in. So Akili Arnold, from what I understand, he's a little dinged up. Okay, he's a little dinged. That's the report I got. But let me tell you, they have a freshman, a freshman over there, and his name is slipping my mind. But this guy was playing running back. He's playing in the slot. Kind of a Polynesian kid. Uh, athletic, skilled, ball skills, creating separations in space. Really liked him. But again, I, to me, their strength, and which I think has always been at, at Mission Viejo, is that offensive line, defensive line, yeah. uh, kind of getting after people. But I think Yellen's going to be a difference maker. I think Forrest will be a difference maker. Uh, Akili Arnold, we know what he can do. That He's not a question mark. He's a, more of a statement. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? So uh, we'll see them kind of moving forward. But again, I want to jump off. Because Don't we got to yeah, yeah, let's move over to Centennial. If you've never been, if you've never been to a Centennial practice, do yourself a favor. The best practice in America. I would challenge anybody to argue that, and I would argue them down. Matt Logan is an absolute chemist when it comes to 
putting together a formula for practice that's going to keep his kids challenged, keep the expectations high, and keep them executing at full speed and physical. Uh, just a phenomenal, phenomenal coach. I, my hat is always off to him. Every time I attend, Greg, it's just it, it's a a flashback to watching USC's Pete Carroll teams practice. I mean, it's full speed, no pass, physical as all heck. Guys are running into each other. Guys are fighting for every inch, every yard. Quarterbacks are executing offensive line, defensive linemen playing with their hands, but being extremely physical with each other. Running backs running quick and hard. You know how they do it. They're going to have a five foot three back. That's going to hit the hole at 100 miles an hour. Gary Bryant's a mismatch for anybody. I don't care who you are at the high school level. He's going to get separation. He's going to make a play on you. Uh, I love their three quarterbacks. Uh, I think they're all productive in their own little way. Uh, Their defensive line, though, stood out for me, led by, you know, four-star defensive end Drake Jackson. Uh, He's a straight beast. They got a kid named uh, Keon Foreman. We'll talk a little bit about him later, but a six foot three, six foot four, 235 pound freshman 2021 class, which is an absolute terror. Looks like he's going to be a first round pick one day. And uh, linebacker CV, a Polynesian kid. He's athletic. He can rush the passer. He can cover one on one. He's a zone dropper. He's a blitzer. But, man, watching that practice was phenomenal, man. And that's not to take anything away from Orange Lutheran or Mission Viejo. But Centennial, man, they do it like nobody does it. I mean, NFL teams would be jealous. They do not waste a second. They get a zillion reps. I mean, there is just not a wasted moment in practice. They're getting reps. The reps are physical. The reps are fast. And they are intense. And I just loved it. Yeah, no, no doubt. I, I know you tweeted out the best, or maybe you put it on Facebook, the best pass rush in the state will be from Centennial. I thought that was a little interesting. I know Bosco's got you know four or five dudes up front that can get after you a little bit. I would say I think Drake Jackson is the best of that group if you combine those two teams. But do they have a number two, a number three guy yeah. that you feel are going to – I know uh, the Skurlock kid, right? Did you see him at all? I think his name is Malik. Yes, Malik Skurlock. Yeah, he's the I interior kid. Out, yeah, he's out the first five games last year. He didn't play in the IMG game. But right. I looked at him on the sideline and I go, dude, when did you graduate? He goes, oh, uh, I'm just a uh, – I'm a, I'm a junior right now. And I'm yeah. going, you kidding me? Right. like he was a – Three-year guy in college, yeah, huge the, kid. Yeah, he's about six two and a half, six three. Greg um, plays with great leverage. Still working on using his hands, but he can get his hips turned to the quarterback. He can really lean and reach. Uh, you could tell his ability to rush the passer is there. Again, Foreman has special traits. Drake Jackson is a special football player, and then the kid CV on the edge. They have a bunch of guys that can play up front and get after passer with four. And I was talking to Drake about that over the weekend. I said, Drake, if you guys can rush the passer with four and not have to bring those blitzes, not have to put your defensive backs like Isaiah Young on an island, that ball is going to come out early. It's going to come out flurrying. Those are picks for touchdowns. You guys are going to be a serious problem. Matt Logan has not had this type of defensive front. Uh, since I've been watching Centennial, they have not had this type of talent up front. They've got four Division One players up front. Greg Biggins. Okay, that's good to hear. Because I know last year was probably the best defense they've had in a, in a long time. But for years, that was always kind of their Achilles' heel. Was they'd score sixty, 
uh, and give up 50. You know, so I'm thinking then if they can somehow put together a, a dynamic defense to go along with that great offense, just slow it. Just slow you down a little bit. But I'd, I'd like, I like last year's defense. Man. Then I am GG, and that defense gave them a chance to win. So that's a whole other topic. We've already talked about that quite a bit. What happens if our guy, Cannon McKee, doesn't get hurt? But, uh, no, that's good to hear, man. I'm, Matt Logan, I'm as big a fan as his as you are. And, uh, no, man, I think everyone's going to be talking about the same two, Marde and Bosco. It'd be not surprised if Patino sneaks up and, and knocks one of those guys off. It's not both of them. <laughs> yeah, listen, not sneaking up, Greg. Not from what I saw. That, that ain't sneaking up. They, they got a receiver. Now, he was wearing number 85 out there. And I'm sitting here looking at their roster. They didn't really have an 85 on there. But he's a guy that can make plays with the balls in the air. He had body control. He had the, 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 the concentration, uh, the tracking, everything. I mean, the guy was going up making acrobatic catches. Isaiah Young is, a, is one of the premier 2020 defenders on the perimeter on the outside covering. They had some linebackers that can run, look physical. You know, Logan's going to keep them in the weight room. They're going to keep them on their speed work. It looked like a really good football team. And you know they're going to get 49 points. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's just kind of a given. Yeah, that's the under. So uh, they've got a defense that looks like they're going to be holding people to 14, you know, the 14 minus. Man, I'm ready, man. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready right now. I want to see. I think they played Narbonne again, right, in the preseason? Yeah. That'll be a good game. Oh, yeah. It'll be at Narbonne this year. Sure. Yeah, that'll be great. That'll be a great schedule. Really quickly, want to recap uh, the San Clemente visit. So, got a chance to visit San Clemente on a Monday, which was, this is dropping Wednesday, which would be two days ago. But uh, got a chance to see them. Coach Jaime Ortiz, very hospitable. Uh, They got an excellent support group and staff and parents. Their food wasn't half bad, GB. The tri-tip was banging with the macaroni and cheese. Okay. Yeah. The homemade cookies. It was lit. All right. And I made sure I showed them some love. But the mothers, um, they did a great job kind of getting everything together. But let's talk a little bit about the players. And, uh, you know, again, Jay Bags. I want to get back to him, the tight end kind of slash receiver. Athletic again, a pitcher on the baseball team, maybe a, a MLB guy, but let me tell you, he's going to be a problem for people this year in the red zone. There's no doubt about it. He had a sick Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham style one-handed catch, reaching back one hand, grabbing it, and not even touching it with the other hand. Brought it down in the end zone. I got it on my video that I posted online in slow motion. I mean, it was sick bags. He's a big-time player. Speaking of big-time players, Brendan Costello slanging a rock. Really love his dual threat ability. Really athletic outside the pocket. Talking to him afterwards, I said, you know, Brendan, you you look more comfortable on the move, man. Just on the move, man. You got that swagger, man. You got that swagger like you're going to turn it up, like you're going to pump fake, get somebody in the air and let it rip. He said, yeah, coach, you know, kind of being a dual threat, that's kind of my natural, you know, my natural skill set, but... You know, I like it inside the pocket, too. And we talked a little bit about throwing lanes, GB, and how important it is to find throwing lanes for him. He said, you know, something that he's worked on in the past and something he needs to continue working on, considering he has the size limitations. But the guy can be accurate, you know, in the second to third levels. He's got a great touch on the football, throwing it deep. He's got a, a really... He does a really good job of anticipating, throwing it into windows. Uh, would like to see him continue to work on getting his feet set after play fakes um, and getting that ball out a little earlier and on time. But I uh, love Brendan Costello's ability to put pressure on the defense with his arm and legs. 
They got a, a nice offensive line. They, they kind of need to get bigger and stronger up front. The left side looked good. The right side looked like they needed some work. Defensively, they're active. But one thing I loved about their practice, they play with great energy and effort, Greg. Great energy and effort. Every drill had a lot of energy. Every drill had a ton of effort. And they got a special running back coming up to shoot. 2021 running back. We're going to talk a little bit about him later. James Bowles. You better look out. 5'11", 200 pounds. Looks like a Jonathan Stewart clone. This kid is fast and physical, and he runs angry. Greg, and that's one of your terms. He runs angry. <laughs> and James Bowles, man, wait till you see this guy, GB. Dude, I, I saw him last year. I talked about him last year. He was oh. at the Beach Passing Tournament. Right? Oh. Was, yeah, yeah. I, was like, I was like, who is this guy? He looked, <laughs> like, he looked like a junior, senior in high school. He was an eighth grade. Like, yeah, he's a freshman. Yeah, yeah right. Eighth grader coming in, uh, coming freshman. He was still there just watching. Yeah. But, uh, no, man, he, I track guy, I think he runs like 11-2. Yeah. Which isn't bad if you're, what, 15 years old, 14 years old? 14 years old at 200 pounds. No, they don't get too many of those guys at San Clemente. I mean, they get great players. Obviously, they just had a top five pick. But a freaky guy like that who's, you know, a six-feet, 200-pound running back who's a freshman, I mean, those are like, shoot, man. Those are those are some serious it, measurable numbers that kid has. He's going to be really, really fun to watch. Oh, there's no doubt. And you know what? He backed it up. They threw him a couple swing rounds, GB. He turned that thing up, and some kid got in his way. Two times in a row, he lowered his shoulder and knocked the kid's soft-shell helmet off. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my. It was so vicious. And the only reason. Like full uh, contact, huh? the, well, it wasn't really full contact, but don't tell that to James Bowles. He full oh, he's a bowling ball. Listen, the only reason I didn't get it on video because the sun was shining right into my camera, so I didn't get a good picture on it. But, <laughs> man, he knocked the kid silly. And I said, Ooh, coach, you better feed this horse the rock. Yeah. So, yeah, he's definitely going to be nice. a problem, man. So, I like that. I like that. Attending showcases is fun. Getting into my, my visual visual arts and visual media, I'm, I'm loving what I'm doing. I'm having a good time kind of filming these guys and putting together little highlights of them. But let's move along, GB. We got a recap of this weekend. You were at the Elite 11 in Vegas. Talk to us on what you've seen and what they did. Yeah, so it was uh, it was an Elite 11 quarterback camp, but it was all positions were open. So it wasn't just quarterbacks. Uh, although there was a pretty good group of quarterbacks, Cade, uh, Cade McNamara, the Michigan commitment out of DeMonte Ranch, Nevada, he was the uh, he got MVP and was invited to the Elite 11 Finals, which is 24 quarterbacks get invited to come out. Redondo Beach High School, uh, and from those 24, they cut it down to 12, and those 12 get sent out to the opening finals. Yeah. So that's kind of how it is. Elite 11 Finals get set to the opening finals. But Cade, I, I've seen Cade a ton this offseason, ton of seven on seven, Nike camp, Under Armour camp. You know, most of those events, he always looked good. I liked him, never loved him, but he had his best performance, man. You talked about competitive greatness, right? He, he, when his best was needed, this is the last event of the year, your last chance to make it, he went for it. And uh, he really had a good deck. It was the best I've ever seen him throw. He was so confident, quick release. It was windy. The second they started actually throwing the football, the winds picked up, and it was almost like, a, a, a cruel punishment for these quarterbacks. Some of them could hang. You know, yeah. You see balls start flooding around. And, sure. And Cade was ripping it. Kid going to Alabama was pretty good. Paul Tyson, uh, big 6'4 kid. I, I definitely think he has a chance to make the opening. You know, Michael Johnson Jr., again, watched and been watching him for a couple years now. Last year, mechanically, um, I don't want to use the word mess, but I'll just say his mechanics needed left a lot to be desired. Got with a quarterback coach, a guy I know and like a lot, and covered Alex Brink. Props to Alex. Michael looked really, really good. I mean, he's a guy who 
athletically, it looks like a small forward. I mean, he's got a great athletic body. And I mean that in the most masculine way possible. I mean, he's sure. a dog of four or five and, and just looks just that his movement and he's so fluid. But, dude, he was spinning the football really well and getting heat on it. And he was accurate with it. He was making throws and touch. He was a different guy than I saw last at the Oakland Nike camp. I don't know if you were at that Oakland Nike camp last year. No, I wasn't. Year. He probably wasn't in a top 10 guy, but yeah. he was probably a top two, three guy this weekend. So happy for my great kid. Um, really, really good kid. And I know, I think he's going, uh, he's a Hall of Fame guy, right? He's one of the Hall of yes, Fame. Yes, he is. So really, really good kid. Uh, Jacob Conover uh, committed to BYU the day after the camp. Mentioned him a little bit earlier, but he had a good day. Really a smart, efficient kid. Chandler, Arizona. He threw for you know a ton of yards. Great high school program. Uh, Keaton Slovis kid. I mentioned earlier with the USC. I liked him. Uh, you know, Micah Bowen showed some dual threat capability. He ran a four five and, and kind of strong arm. He's got a couple years to develop too. Hank Bachmeyer, uh, kid I like, Weston Egget. I think he's from West Ranch. Um, he's a kid I think has got a chance. Um, so overall, pretty good group of uh, of quarterbacks. Receiver position was strong. Micah Pittman was the MVP. They didn't name anybody to the opening, but I, I think there's a great chance that Pittman's going to get locked probably some point this week or whenever they decide to meet and, and talk about it. Uh, you know, Mike is he's so physically strong. He's got that running back body, 200 pounds, uh, and you just can't you can't knock him off his route. And he does a great job catching the ball through contact. Where if you're draped over all over him, he he has such strong hands he can still extend make the catch. Ran four six. He, he he looked faster to me than I've seen him. So I know he's training like crazy. So. Good day for Micah. Good day for Chachi Delgado, IMG Academy. Wish he was at Bosco still, but Josh had a good day. He's getting deep. He's a deep threat, but really a pure route runner. Uh, Puka Nasia from from uh, Orm, Utah. Yeah, six two kid who can run down the field. Loved him. Uh, like Jr. Waters a lot from Oxnard. Oh yeah. Um, Jabari Kendall, who was kind of the surprise MVP wide receiver at the SoCal Nike Camp from Arcadia, played at Cathedral High School last year. Kendall, that was in there. Uh, with the two receiver coaches, Curtis Conway and Damon Griffin, and every route Kendall would do, they would just shake their head and laugh because of how much separation Kendall was getting. I mean, he would make a couple juke moves and go, and he'd get like three yards of separation where the DB had no clue. It was like Top Gun, where'd who go? Yeah. Had no clue where the guy went. Jabari, man, precise. Not a big kiss. Only only thing with him. What's his size, GB? Gosh, you know, if I was a handicap, I'd probably say maybe 5'10 and maybe like a buck fifty. Yeah. So kind of on the slight side, but, uh, man, he can play for sure. So um, the DBs, I mean, Mikhail Wright put on the show. I mean, he ran 4.48 mm-hmm. um, at 5'11", 180 pounds, and he's, I mean, he's solid, 5'11", 180 pounds. Wow. And, uh, again, coaches just love the way he plays. He's so quiet and almost unassuming. You never know. This is a kid with, you know, 20 offers. He doesn't talk. He doesn't stare anyone down. He just plays. He plays so hard. He's, he's both physical and fluid. Right, yeah. physical and flu. He'll come and bang you, and just kind of walk away. You're kind of like, whoa, what just happened? In the next play, he'll he'll step in front of a route, pick it, and, and go to the house. I mean, he does everything well. Yeah, he's just quiet. He's an introverted kid. He's almost shy when you talk to him. He, he almost looks nervous. But uh, you know, on the football field, man, he, he can he can definitely turn it up. And again, that four for eight, I think, opened up a lot of eyes for people who weren't sure just how explosive an athlete he was. I think the film is pretty obvious. Yeah, but uh, that was a kid. From St. John's High School in Washington D.C., right? That, that's their power program back there. They played Dana Sal and Bosco last year. A DB, uh, Quentin Johnson. He he actually got MVP, and this kid was extremely special. I mean, this is the kind of kid who I mean, Penn State and Michigan are on, 
probably about 5'11", um, about 200 pounds. This guy was just thick, and he ran like 4'4". He had the second highest Nike or, or excuse me, transparent truth rating in the camp. Yeah. Um, he threw the Powerball like 45 feet, ran like 4'4", same time as, as Mikel. He's freaky. Uh, 38 vertical jump. The coaches, again, said, you just look at the guy and how, how yoked he was. You wouldn't think, you'd think he'd be a little stiff, but man, he had some feet to go with everything else. How so, big was this kid? He was 5'11", yeah. 195, and wow. he looked like just, I mean, he was built like, like if you took Clark Phillips and kind of made him 5'11", like yeah. 95 pounds, that yeah. he was built like Clark, except he was 5'11", 195, yeah. and he was just jacked, but he could run. Uh, Cam Tabby Clawden liked him. He was my, probably my top safety. Um, you know, 6'2", 185. Uh, didn't have a great time in the 40. But, again, I think he plays fast. He's so instinctive and smart. So he always seems to be around the ball. He reacts much quicker than people who might run faster but aren't as smart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Like he plays, plays fast. That, that's a thing. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Tyler Newbin was another kid I liked. He's a Minnesota commitment. He's out of Chicago, Illinois. And uh, 6'2", 190-pound kid who's got great size, good athlete, and looks like a college player right now. Big old kid, big old body. Um, the deal, you don't get to see with Savelle Smalls for the first time. Yeah. And uh, that was fun. Um, you know, he was probably the best prospect there, regardless of class. If he wanted to, I mean, he won almost every rep. He could have just done a, a speed rush. A couple of times tried to do a move just to see if it worked. I saw him get stoned one time just because he was trying to do a little outside in move, which he didn't sure. need to do. But I think he got tired of just kind of running around people. But and I know uh, William McGinnis loved him. They don't do a whole lot of underclassmen uh, to the opening, but if they do, then I think Smalls has a great chance. He's, you know, top five player in the 2020 class. I don't think he tested. Um but, uh, I mean, his body looks great. I mean, probably 6'4", yeah. lean, put a ton of weight on him if you want to. The D-line MVP was actually a kid from Salt Lake City East High School, Yaki Ika. Ika. This kid is Ika. Yeah. This kid is like 350. Yeah. Which might be a little too big right now. You know, I saw some, uh, a story came out about why are there so many um, guys who are rated high um, you know, Trent Thompson, this past year when undrafted, he was a top 10 player on every recruiting service. Uh, Out of Georgia. Georgia kid. Cole yeah. McKenzie was rated a uh, top 10 player on every recruiting service. He got drafted in the fifth or sixth round as an offensive lineman. And the reason that the common denominator they found was all the highly touted, highly starred up kids who don't get drafted are the kids who are over 300 pounds in high school. All the tackles that get drafted high are in that 290, 280, 275 range. So Ika is already like 340, 350. Yeah. So it kind of worries me a little bit, but man, was he good. I mean, he was really good. I mean, he was he, he didn't just win his reps. He dominated everybody, including like Logan Sagapolo, who's a stud. Yeah. Center guard. I mean, no one messed with this kid. He's got a lot. I mean, he's got quick feet. But again, when you're that big already, and I think you always say, oh, he'll come here to college and he'll lose the weight. What statistics are showing over the last few five, four or five years is that's not happening. Yeah, most guys aren't doing that. Yeah. They're going to college and they're either maintaining or they're even getting bigger. Yeah, sure. So, uh, but overall, pretty solid camp. Uh, again, I think Mikael Wright, Micah Pittman are the two guys I think for sure will get locked to the opening. I think Delgado deserves it. And then I came back to Maris, the quarterback who got the invite that day. Um, you know, I could see uh, a few more getting, getting added. So overall, always a good time in Vegas. Had a good time. Played some played some blackjack. Went out late one night, too late. Came home 
you know, three in the morning, to get up early to go take the rental car back, didn't get there in time. So I could have slept in. That was the worst part of the whole trip, Keith, was having to get up early after like two hours of sleep, driving 90 miles an hour, weaving in and out, trying to get my, make my two o'clock drop off time and missed it by 20 minutes. And I could just slept in like five, five more hours, which I badly needed. So. <laughs> Yeah, I was, that though, man. It was it was a good time. Yeah, I was gonna ask. Time. I was gonna ask you how was the top event of the weekend, which is GB and his lovely wife hanging out in Vegas. We had fun, man. We we went out with uh, with with my boy Biha. We went to Giada's. You know, okay, a little uh, sure. nice little spicy Italian number. Yep, uh, not just the food herself. And uh, that was that was a great meal. We did that. We went to a comedy club. Uh, my wife's first time seeing an actual comedy club and. You know, I think she was a little surprised at first because it's not rated PG or PG-13 <laughs> or even rated R. It's kind of more of an NC-17 type of deal, but yeah. I, I, they were hilarious. The next night, uh, went out with some of the student force guys. Brian Stump is a great friend, old friend, and uh, a few others. And then, uh, you know, you know, played a little blackjack until about 2.30 in the morning. So nice. I'm happy to say I only lost about 40 Fifty dollars, and I think if you play for hours, you got your you know your cocktails for free. You're playing, you're having fun. It doesn't matter if you lose. If you, if you extend the time, and we played for you know a good amount of hours, and so that was uh, that was definitely a good time. Like I said, the only negative was having to get up early for no reason because we didn't have to get up because I missed my drop off time anyway. So you live and learn. You live and learn. You do. That is right, GB. Well, great, Tell great me report. About your weekend, Coach Keith. How was the Orlando Scandrick? Los Alamitos. I know my St. John Bosco Braves. I went on the limb and picked them. I know I was, I was probably the only guy who did. They came through for me. They did. They did. Good time? Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was a very good. Think, let me ask you this question, Keith. Go ahead. Did you see anything new? Did you see anything you didn't already know about these teams? Or these players? Or did you kind of, was it kind of more of a, more of a, um, just kind of more of the same, you know, kind of the guys you already like, you, you like, guys you, you didn't love, you didn't love them. Or anybody kind of surprised or, you know what I'm saying? So, I, this point of the year, yeah, I'm always kind of trying to find something new, but sometimes you kind of almost see the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah, you know what? Um, I guess it was an affirmation okay. of, you know, what we kind of already knew, but it's always great to see good football players compete and execute and play with discipline. Um, want to just you know spotlight a couple teams or a few teams, a few players from each team. Start off with Westlake. I thought Blaze McKibben looked pretty good, considering he's a transfer still, kind of getting acclimated in that Westlake offense. Jason Heller was a problem um, in the slot. He got deep. He got across the field. He created separation. Um, he was a problem for a lot, a lot of really good DBs out there, man. Jason Heller's a baller. Only about 5'8", but he's strong as an ox and quick as a cat. Big-time player. <laughs> Gabe Floyd, he ran around the field covering guys and, 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 and playing with a mean attitude. Almost caused a fight a little later, but that's all right. You know, that's what kind of what we linebackers do. Uh, talk with Gabe, and it was good to see him kind of moving around really well, playing for his new team. So, you know, look out for Westlake. They got some players. Blaze is going to lead that group. Uh, to me, he looked like he was the definite number one guy. Um, they played a few quarterbacks, but Blaze looked like he was the number one guy. So it looked like it's his position to lose. Talk a little bit about Calabasas. Jaden Casey was a little off. Hey, Keith, real quick on Westlake, did, uh, did Seth Figgins, was he out there playing the big tight end? Yes, I'm sorry, good? Seth Figgins. Yeah, he looked really good, especially in the red okay. zone. In the red good, zone. Good. I like him. Yeah, uh, back of the end zone, a guy that, yeah. can, you know, with his size at about 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, he can really get up to the goalpost and slam dunk. 
Uh, he did right. that a couple oh, times. Yeah, he did that a couple times in the back of the end zone. Seth Figgins looked really good. Talk a little bit about Calabasas. Quarterback Jaden Casey struggled a little bit with accuracy in the beginning, but came on strong late. Played with a very, very young group, though. No Micah mm-hmm. Pittman, no Johnny Wilson. A bunch of kind of young underclassmen. Seems like timing was off a little bit. Which kind of threw his accuracy off a little bit, but sure. uh, later on in the tournament, kind of got into his rhythm, started making throws. I love Casey off platform. He can really make great throws when he's not in the best position to make it. Uh, but I love the quick delivery. He's got the strong arm to the sideline. Did a nice job. Talk a little bit about Narbon, Jay Garcia. Jay Garcia. You can tell uh, a lot like Blaze McKimmon, still trying to get familiarized with the offense. Made some mistakes within the offense, but the talent is there, Greg. He's a big-time player. There's no doubt about it. Uh, he's got the arm strength. He's got the accuracy. He just needs to kind of uh, get in sync with the other players and in sync with his office coordinator, Brandon Manu Maleuna, the former Los Angeles Ram and University of Arizona Wildcat um, as their office coordinator there at Narbonne. But Josh Jackson, I thought he was f- swift. He's a swift, swift. swift. Is that a great word for him? A like swift yeah, playmaker, great man. Word for him. Oh, yeah. He glides, man. Yeah, man. He glides. This is my first time kind of really, really seeing him live like this. And and, and I really liked him. But the kid who blew me away the most, safety Breon Penny GB, all of 6'2", long and super aggressive to the football. He is going to be outstanding this year. I would not be surprised if Pac-12 schools started throwing offers his way immediately. This guy is going to challenge for the top safety in the state, guaranteed by the end of the season. He's a special playmaker on the football. Strips, picks, and whips. That's what he does for a living. In a 7-on-7 phase, I mean, the guy was a graphic guy. You know, balls thrown down the field. He didn't care if there's a receiver there. That's his ball. And he's going after it with reckless abandon. Really loved Breon Penny. Thought he looked great. Jawan Collins looked really good. Catching the ball out the backfield. Seven McGee was explosive. explosive had a, Showed a tremendous burst uh, in the short range. I really liked Narbonne. They had a couple big kids. I didn't get their names, but a couple linebackers that looked good uh, considering they had to replace all three of those seniors last year from last year's team. Narbonne looked really, really good, and I think they're going to have a special season. I keep hearing about a 2020 offensive lineman, about 6'4", 270 up over there. That's a transfer from Inglewood. Be on the lookout for this kid. He might be our sleeper of the week sometime soon. Moving along, talk a little bit about modern day. They beat Sarah in the kind of pool play round, 28-0, kind of put the hammer down on my alma mater. Uh, No Brew McCoy there. But they handled Sarah easily. Then they met him again in the semifinals. Different story. Sarah, a lot of former players on the sidelines, rooting and cheering and coaching. Uh, player Sarah played inspired ball. And that's one of the reasons why I picked them. I thought that the, their young kids would play inspired ball. And I believe in Doug Brunkfield. That's the reason why I picked them. They've got a special 2020 class. And I know there wasn't going to be a LV Bunkley Sheldon or a Max Williams there. Um, Why were, where were they? They were at a track meet. Oh, okay. Yeah, they were at a track meet. They also got a, a, a young, young receiver, 2021 receiver, um, who's also running the 400 meters at the track meet. But, you know, shorthanded, Sarah, they played inspired football. Justin Houston competed very, very hard. He was kind of the leader of that defense. 
transfer from Paraclete, Melquan Stovall was a star on both sides star. of the ball. Interceptions, touchdown catches. He's just a 5'8 pit bull. Love him. Ron Ron Gilliam made big plays and clutch moments. He was very physical. Him and Darian Green Warren had a beautiful matchup on the outside. Um, just And again, I've been a Doug Brumfield guy, man. This guy... He's got a clutch gene. He, when the game is on the line, this guy makes throws. He's not always, you know, super accurate with the football, uh, but something to be said for a guy that makes accurate big time throws when the game is on the line. He did that again this weekend, and he showed me intangibles that I wasn't fully aware of. Great leadership, ability to communicate, inspire, and motivate the guys around him. Make his team better. From the quarterback position, Doug Brumfield is going to have a big-time junior season. You can mark it down. You can take it to the bank. I would put my accounts on it. He's going to have a serious season for the Sierra Cavaliers. Um, at Devin King, cornerback, 2020. I was about Devin King. I forgot. I know, I know Devin. Yeah. I, mean, I think last week I made the comment about who's going to be opposite Max and I met Devin a few times, ground zero kid. Yeah. And uh, how did he look? He looked really good. He looked really okay, good. good. Um, he was he was he was fast. Uh, he was physical. He was in the hip pocket. He's got the ability to play up in your face. He's got the ability to play from distance. He looked fluid. His ball skills are emerging. Um, I like his ability to break on the ball underneath and challenge all routes from distance. Devin King looked good. Uh, you can tell that he's going to be a Super Bowl player down the road. He's not there yet. Still, a lot of things he needs to work on in terms of hand placement at the line of scrimmage, keeping his hands off of receivers down the field, not panicking with the balls in the air. But, man, he's got the goods to go. There's no doubt about it. Sarah made it all the way uh, to the championship talk a little bit about modern day very quickly Bryce Young I thought he looked good in spurts um I didn't think he looked bad some people you know came to me oh Bryce doesn't look good I thought he looked good again like the you know Blaze like Jay Garcia I don't think Bryce is fully in tune with his receivers and his team yet sometimes he was throwing the ball and those guys weren't ready their heads weren't around they weren't out of their break as fast as they needed to be. But let me tell you something. Bryce made some special throws, man. And he made most of them to Michael Martinez. And, you know, I know some people think this kid's going to be an offensive lineman. I don't. This kid is an inline tight end who can be flexed out. And when the ball's in the air above six feet, he is a problem. He caught it over everybody's head, whether he was single, double, or triple teamed. He's got a physical body that can take hits down the middle of the field. Michael Martinez was borderline special at this tournament. I uh, really liked how he looked. Braden Huffman Dixon, while I didn't see him do much the game that I watch, I did hear earlier that he was a serious deep threat and an issue for DBs down the football field, and that's kind of what he does. He's a vertical route runner. On the defensive side of the ball, Elias Ricks was, was, a, was a standout on the edge. Darian Green Warren played well, even though Ron Ron Gillian did get the best of him in that semifinal game. It was a physical game. Both guys were kind of pushing and grabbing, and kind of Ron Ron made two plays on Darian later in the game. But, you know, that's just kind of how the cookie crumbles sometimes. Nonetheless, Darian had a great 
Tournament. That's a rivalry. That's a ground zero premium it is. rivalry right it, there. It is. Those two guys match up. It's definitely a rivalry. And, you know, those guys really got after each other. It was a great piece of competition. Uh, again, we said no Brew McCoy. So, you know, they were missing some pieces. Kobe Harper was there. He looked good. Um Sean Cordell, Money. I heard Cordell wasn't playing either. No, Cordell was not there. Sean Money Dollars was there. He was talking a lot of trash. He looked good. Modern day, they're going to be ready to go. Uh, Cody Epps playing? Cody Epps did play. Cody Epps did play. Uh, so did William, William. Is it William Nemo? Yep. William Nemo also played. Looked good. Uh, but nobody looked as good as Mike Martinez. And I thought Bryce Young looked really good at times. Yeah. Sometimes he was a little, you know, kind of off with his receivers. Just the connection was off. But um, no matter what, I think good. Mike could be a good tight end. I think he can be a great left tackle. That's why I keep saying. I'm not saying he can't play a tight yeah. end. I just feel like his upside is higher. I think LeBron James would be a good center, but he'd be a great small forward. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. No. I totally get it. I totally get it. I just, I really love him at tight end, man. He just, he looked really, really good. Uh, but Bosco takes the championship. DJ Uwe Aralelei was special. He looked like the Tom Brady of high school football. And, and I said it when I first got there and I watched. I said, nobody's going to beat Bosco today. He looks like Tom Brady. He looks like the best player on the field. And there's like without, no. Co- right, without Bowman? Without yeah. Titus, yeah. No, without it didn't matter. Fred. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. No, no, no. It didn't matter. He looked like he was the best player on the field by far. He was sitting in the pocket. I was going to throw fire at my receivers. They're going to catch him. They were going to go Jake Bailey, as Jake does. He got separation and made plays. Um, Chris Hudson, I heard, played well. Chris Hudson played well. He got deep. Jude Wolf got hurt before I got there, so I didn't get a chance yeah, to see Jude. I heard about that. I heard he had a collision and, and, yeah, and took off after scary. that. Those are so scary. Yeah, so I'm just, I'm just hoping that he's okay. But we know Jude is a big-time ball player. Defensively, Chris Steele was physical at the line of scrimmage, as he always is. Kind of got mouthy with the officials. You know, the officials giving him a hard time. Chris is giving the official a hard time. I talked to Chris. Hey, Chris, just play ball. When they went at Chris, because he didn't get many balls thrown to him, but when they went at him, the completion rate would seem like it was zero. He didn't give up anything. Um, Dylan Kendall, a 2022 kid. Fresh out of Cerritos, Steelers Pop Warner program over at Bosco, played some on the other side of Chris. Did a nice job. He's and we'll talk a little bit about him in just a second. Dylan Kendall, he's a, he's one to watch. Be prepared for that. I thought Raylan Goforth looked good, and Raylan looks good in passing league games. I want to see him bring a physical nature to the football game and punish ball carriers. Raylan Goforth, I'm putting the challenge on you. This ain't. You know, I'm not a passing league guy. I want to see you come downhill and put the leather on somebody's tail. All right? But he looked good. He made plays in the seven-on-seven scenery. Um, and just, you know, Bosco, they, they, you know, they got a ton of talent. But DJ, he was easily the best player. My MVP of the tournament, he could not be stopped. That's a beautiful soul, beautiful human being. <laughs> I love DJ, man, just as a kid. But, uh, no, yeah. he's taking a step up absolutely this year. And, and it makes sense, right? This is the first spring he's actually played football. He's always been playing baseball. Yeah. Where he's got a ton of potential. But you have to expect that, you know, the more he plays, the more repetitions he gets, he's going to be, you know, better and better. So the game's going to slow down for DJ. He's, you know, making reads and decisions and being quick with it. If he gets that part down, which he is, 
nobody has a higher upside than him. I mean, he's Cam Newton, and we don't know. We all know where Cam Newton wins the draft. Yeah, li- he's like li- number one. Yeah, there's. Listen, I, I spoke to. You know, a bunch of guys this weekend. Blair Angulo, one of you know our mutual friends, and, and your colleague at two four seven. And I said, DJ looks like the first pick in the draft. That's what he looks like. He looks like in four years. I know he's got two years left, about so five years. He looks like the first pick in the draft. He looked that good, and this does not incorporate his ability to get out the pocket. To run as a quarterback and move the chains with his feet, he just looked special, man. He looked really, yeah. really special, yeah. and I was very, very impressed. So Bosco with the win, DJ uh, with the MVP, and it, and it was a, it was a good, it was a good tournament. It was a really good tournament. No, I'm excited for Bosco. Again, my my first thought when you gave the Centennial is the has the best pass rush. I was like, okay, you know, we got we got a guy named Cole Aubrey on one side, we got Naeem Rodman in the middle, we yeah. got. Kobe Pepe in the middle. We got a guy uh, named Suave Pote who's healthy over here. We got we got some dudes around Bosco's D line. So yeah, and if you're, if you're calling Centennials the best D line, best pass rush, I should I should correct right. That'll be interesting because I think Bosco, man, you saw what they do in seven on seven. They're built for pads. They got three running backs: <laughs> George Helani and Sandbeast and Savage. I mean, they are just and they were, they didn't have their best athlete Duffy, their fastest player, Kobe Bowman. Titus Tuller's a stud, and they still ripped through everybody. Did they have any close games, or was it blowouts every every game they played? Yeah, it didn't. It didn't seem that close. I mean, they beat Sarah nineteen fourteen. Uh, what was, oh, a, it was a? Yeah, it was a. It was a pretty good game. You know, semi semi close, but it felt like Bosco was in control. Sure. You know, most of the time. Yep. But speaking of running back, George Halani. George they were going to lose. Yeah, no, never thought they were going to lose. Speaking of running backs, George Halani looked good. Made yeah. some plays down the football field in the seam as a running back, and he just you know looked powerful and strong in the air, and you know the Polynesian powerhouse. That's what he does, but GB, that's about enough. That's all I got for you for the that's elite lot, Scandrick that's seven of, on seven. A lot, of, a lot of action. Before we let people go, GB, we have to remind them to go visit the Winter Circle. All right, listen, everybody, and I'm talking to you, parents and you student athletes. It's the off season. This is your time to get better and improve. Come the fall, that's your chance to showcase yourself in front of big time scouts like me and recruiters across the nation. Now there are a lot of guys out there that claim to be trainers. They grab a whistle, grab a couple cones, but it's just not that successful. When I'm talking about is going big time. Invest yourself into something special. Call my guy Jordan Campbell at Winter Circle Athletics. It's a facility in Corona, California with world-class state-of-the-art technology and equipment that creates world-class athletes. They understand human performance, health and wellness, and they customize programs to meet your athletic goals. They train specific for your sport and position. The Winter Circle has 50-plus Division I athletes over the last three years. They've added to a 50,000-plus square foot facility and they also have a prep academy for 8th graders to 6th graders that concentrates on athletic development, social development, and academic development in their newly renovated facility. The Winter Circle Athletics. You can contact them at wintercircleathletics.com. All right, and we're back. And before we let you go, we got a new segment called the Winter Circle Ones to Watch. Ones to Watch are young guys that we've seen um, who we think are just going to blow up tremendously. So our Winter Circle Ones to Watch this week, Keon Foreman, 21 21- 2021 defensive lineman out of Corona Centennial. We talked about him earlier. James Bowles, 2021 running back out of San Clemente. Look out for this cat. And then Dylan Kendall, 2022 corner out of St. John Bosco. All big time players will be major 
Division One guys and probably elite guys across the country, national recruits. So those are our ones to watch this week from the winner circle. GB, that about does it, my man. Good show, man. That's a, that's an hour of just straight up football talk. How do you beat that? <laughs> you don't beat that, man. So hey, follow my guy Greg Biggins on Twitter at Greg Biggins. Follow me at Coach Keith underscore MP. Follow the show Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are out there. Find us. Find us on iTunes if you're not listening consistently. Download and subscribe. Also, find us on YouTube. We drop every episode on YouTube as well. Please support my visual media. Creating a lot of visual media for these schools and these players for exposure, and I, and I love doing it. For my partner, Greg Biggins, it's your boy, Coach Keith. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name's Richie Hammond. Y'all be cool. <laughs>